the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Do a little bit of an email show with CFP Chad Burton Day. Big event coming up. September 21st, a Saturday event. Very rare Saturday event. Two events, in fact, in San Jose. Great location, great parking. Easy to get to. A lot of cultural stuff to do before. Lots of cultural stuff to do after. I really enjoy downtown San Jose. Saturday, September 21st. The first event's going to be from 9.30 to 11 at the Rotary Summit Center. It's $25. It's going to be kind of tied towards investing beyond the 401k. Um, investment roles, building wealth into your 40s and 50s, some of the magic numbers that exist. Backdoor Roth, good idea, very, very good idea if you can do it. Active versus passive investing and much, much more. Investing in real estate, you want to go out and own a duplex? There's some rules to it. Other people's money, I get it. Um, But in the afternoon, there's going to be a second event. You can learn more about either or event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. The second event is retirement income and tax planning. Um, this is the big CFP Chad Burton event, minimizing your retirement income taxes, managing your IRAs, good and bad products, selecting optimal social security strategies, protecting your state from long-term care costs, long-term care costs. People can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com and use that score, um, uh, radio 25 to get in for free radio 25. I don't know why I said score. So Chad. Quick question for you. Um, let's start, and this is a little off topic, but it goes to show you that this is a real story. Last week, I had to take a day off to take a friend up to get his mother because she's suffering a little dementia, and the father tried to commit suicide. Now, he's been out of his coma, and he's now been moved to a psych ward. That's going to be a lot of healthcare costs. It's the way I'm thinking about it, and I don't even think the family's thinking about it like that, but that's one of those issues that you never see coming. And yet it's quite a reality in, in, in the world today. And how do you financially plan for, you know, big long-term care events or care events in retirement? Because I don't think this family was ready for that. No. Well, in a situation like that, if you didn't do any planning at all, it becomes an elder law situation okay. where there's certain laws called spousal impoverishment laws or planning where... It's it's tough in the situation that you're talking about because you basically have two people that need care, right? You have somebody that's exactly. got dementia and then somebody that's probably in a potentially a skilled nursing home for life. I don't know. It, it it's it's a tough situation. As soon as you get out of a hospital, yep. um, I think it's you know if you within three days of a thirty day stay. I mean the, the rules are kind of escape me right now. The only time that you get some uh, help from Medicare is if you meet certain criteria, and very few people meet that, and then you get a very short period of care. And then after that, long-term care, nursing homes, skilled nursing facilities, home care, adult daycare, it's all out of your own pocket. Yeah. 
And so sometimes when people have, you know, barely made it to retirement or, you know, they're really kind of living off a very fixed income um, and one spouse goes in, you have to do some shifting of assets legally and some shifting of income legally to protect the spouse at home from going into poverty. Um, now, people have abused that and they've tried to big, do big asset shifts and, and things like that to protect the heirs from inheriting money and getting somebody on Medi-Cal. That's not legit. That's actually somewhat illegal if you do it the wrong way. Okay. Um, so in a situation like that, it's really getting a, an elder care attorney or, or an elder law attorney that specializes in Medi-Cal and going through the situation. You know, if, they're, if they don't have hardly any assets at all and they're both going to need care, they're both basically going to be in a Medi-Cal type of a facility. And it's tough because it's not really an ideal situation. Sounds good. And this is something we're going to be talking about in this second event. Not heavily talking about it because it's a little discouraging and it's a little bit limited on people. But uh, we're going to be talking about it. People can drop you an email, chat at newfocusfinancial.com. They can go to the event, uh, sign up for September 21st, Saturday at newfocusfinancial.com. Um, should I start with the email you sent me about the 401k? Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Email show. I got the CFP, Chad Burton. I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, hi, Chad. Love your radio show, which is subjective. My husband and I have had an endless debate. <laughs> There's a good start. Yeah. My husband and I have had an endless debate over what I considered an unwise move on his part. This is going to be good. We both highly respect your opinion, so only you can help us settle this debate. Please help. Some of the basics. We're both approaching 50 years old with no kid and no house. They're renting. Two, we take standard deductions as we don't have much deductible expenses. Three, we're currently in the 24 to 28% federal tax bracket. She's working, so if my husband loses his job, we'll likely drop to a much lower tax bracket. Currently, we're subject to Medicare surtax due to our household income level. Number four, when we retire, we'll likely be in the 12% federal income tax bracket based on the current tax rates. It's unlikely our retirement income will exceed 70K per year. And five, we both have taxable accounts, pre-tax retirement accounts, such as the 401k and the Roth IRAs in all three categories. Um, currently, my husband's employer offers both a regular 401k and Roth 401k with no matching contribution. My husband opted to contribute 100% to the Roth 401k only. Let's see. My email kind of stopped right there. Let me uh, see if I can find the rest of it for this um it's a long email yeah yeah um, a lot of people struggle with that decision because you have a 401k yep. and almost every single plan out there gives you a couple of options and right. one is you put if you put one dollar into the normal side it goes in you get a tax break so you really only miss typically between state and federal you only maybe miss 70 cents out of your paycheck the entire dollar goes to work for you, but it's pre-tax, so you don't you don't have to pay the IRS. So every dollar that goes in, you really only miss seventy cents out of your pay check, essentially. Um, or you take that dollar and you put it into the Roth four hundred one k. You don't get a current tax break, so you actually miss a dollar out of that paycheck. But the entire dollar goes to work in a tax-free account that you will never pay taxes on as long as you wait until you're 59 and a half. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to that. <clears throat> the The issue is is that you're missing out on that tax saving, so it's a cash flow situation. Um, now, if people are really late in savings, they started saving when they're 40, 45 years old, it's almost 
always a better idea to go pre-tax and save as much money as you can and take that tax savings and go do a Roth IRA with the tax savings because you are behind and you will likely be at a lower bracket when you retire because you're so far behind. Um, in a situation like this, they've been saving. They're, they're, they've been getting after it. And it, it, this, is, this is one where I think that the answer is a happy medium okay. between the two options. What I like to do is I like to look at the tax return and come up with the exact amount to go pre-tax and Roth. So I like doing combinations. If you're younger and you're starting out and you say you're in your 20s, 30s, put enough money into the 401k in the pre-tax account to get the match and then everything else into the Roth. I think that's a that's good advice where you're blending two ideas together and you cannot go wrong because you're saving so darn early, right? There's there's just no mistake you can make there. When you when you get upper income issues, let's say their combined income is, you know, approaching north of 165,000, well, then they might do enough into the pre-tax side to get from the 24 to the 22% bracket and then the rest in the Roth. Come up with a happy medium or do 50-50 and take that tax savings and open a Roth IRA. So I like both options. Thanks, Chad. Um, it's kind of like a meat and potatoes versus a souffle versus a French meal. There's a lot of options, but it sounds like they're doing most of them right. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, I'd love for you to come out Saturday in San Jose doing a big event uh, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find out about it more that it's uh, kind of a two-parter. So one in the morning hours, 9.30, 11.30, the one in the afternoon, 1 to 3. Uh, but my voice is really fried right now, so let's bring on CFP, Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning to plug the seminar. Now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Let's welcome in CFP, Chad Burton. He joins the show on a regular basis. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. One of the areas that I like to talk about are some of the basics. Um, I think the number one thing that you have to do when thinking about retirement, Chad, is set some priorities. You know, when you're in your 20s, like you just want to go to the Great Wall of China, you want to meet hot chicks, but you have to have grander priorities than that, like a vacation home, a retirement income. Yeah, it's it, well, and the thing that you have to realize too is that priorities change based on different phases of your life. Um, so priorities aren't static. Um, you have to have somebody helping you make sure that your priorities are realistic though. Okay. Um, you know, for example, the, the, the common scenario that you and I see is, um, younger parents or single parents where they, they, they talk about their main priority is sending their kids to college and really it should be making sure that you're going to eventually someday be able to retire because there's other ways we can help kids get through college, whether it's loans or whatever it may be, but your early years in terms of saving and plugging enough money away in your 20s and 30s so that it's there to grow for the next 40 years is extremely important. So whenever anybody comes in, I, we have them write down um, their top three financial concerns at this time. And it, it will change based on your age, based on your family dynamics and how your family changes, whether it's you just got married, you just had children, you're empty nesters, you just got a divorce, priorities change. Yeah, you should really focus on the big ticket, long range plans. You know, that's where the big costs come in. You know, weddings, 
retirement, um, college costs, retirement homes, um, kind of created a bucket list of high-end priorities versus low-end priorities. Um, what are some of your bucket lists as far as priorities go on things you have to fund in your lifetime? Um, you know, something that I need to fund is, is more travel since I started in this business so early um, and then had kids, three children. Um, I invest very globally, but I, I, I really want to go see personally a lot of the places that I invest in that I depend on some of the really good managers to, to know really, really well. But yeah, like you want to go to Asia? Yeah, I would like to I would like to go to a lot of different places. Yeah. However, I'm going to save that till later in life because my big priorities right now are to do things that my body's still able to do, like snowboard with my kids and do all the stuff that I know my knees are going to be wrecked by the time I'm 50 from yeah. all the stuff that you, you've seen me do. So I'll travel then. I'll be around in my little scooter on the wall of China. On the wall of China. <laughs> the Great Wall of China. I hear it's pretty great. Yes, I hear it's great as well. It's kind of interesting because like, I have no interest in Asia just because I'm not a fish guy. And I know you could probably get non-fish meals in Asia. Just they're heavily relying on fish. Therefore, I have a bias that I don't really want to go to Asia. Okay. I know. Odd, right? It's not one of your priorities. So one of my priorities is um, a retirement home. Um, I want comfort. I don't want on Golden Pond, but I want mm-hmm. you know to slow things down because I've worked pretty hard in my 20s and 30s. So when I hit my 50s and 60s, I kind of want to slow things down. Yeah. And... You know, people, sometimes when you ask them what their priorities are, and the first one they say, I want to retire by 65, and then you go through their other priorities, whether it's a vacation home, an RV, a home remodel, um, buying a specific new car, and that's something that people forget to leave out of their financial plan, is is they're going to need a new car every 10 years on average. Um, and so those types of cash flow items, weddings, helping grandkids with college, those have to be projected out in your long-term cash flow analysis so that you can see where that money's going to come from. And when you sell stocks to pay for those items or when you pull money out of your IRAs to pay for those items, that also is going to create a bit of a tax issue at those times. And so that all has to be figured in to say, do I have enough to really retire? Or is it better to say, maybe I'll work another two years or maybe five years part-time so that I can be retired plus achieve these other goals? Some of my priorities are amass enough wealth so that I could retire comfortably. Um, pay for kids that college education is lower. It's not as high as enough. You know, I'm more about the wealth because if you have wealth, if you have a 401k that's got a lot of money in it, you can always pay for the kids' college that way. I want to buy a house. I want to get out of debt. You know, when you have priorities, write them down because then your next step is to say, how much debt do I have? How long will it take me to get it? Um, if I want to buy a house, what size house do I want to buy? How much is it going to cost? You got to write down your priorities. You just can't have them in your head so that you know you're comfortable. You have to write them down and, and get real with it, right. as Doctor Phil would say. Certain priorities will conflict with each other. In other words, you might say, "Mike, I want to invest aggressively and go as much growth as possible, but in two years I need to put a down payment on a house." Those two things conflict because you can't invest super aggressive with funds that you're going to need in two years. It just it, Those two things won't work together. You know, so there's doc- a happy medium somewhere. You know, Dr. Phil has a degree in physiology. <laughs> he's not a therapist. He's not, he's not any of that stuff. So, I don't know. It, just, it shows you how bogus you can be and get by as a bogus sham in your life. Yeah, that's, that's the case. Let me just look at Lance Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Cheating pays, though, is what I learned. <laughs> it's worth a quarter of a hey, billion kids, dollars. Hey, kids, the lesson of this segment is... Performance-enhancing drugs will take you far in your career. Until you get caught. <laughs> yeah, he was such... Oh, I'm not even going to go into his little crocodile tear moments in his life. Um, what was bad about him is how many people that he hurt 
covering up his lies. It's you know, okay to lie. He was. Yeah, he was just a nasty, mean, vile person. Speaking of nasty, mean, vile persons, <laughs> CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, but he, again, is the one, the only Chad Burton. You can email him, chad at chadburton.com. And you can also meet Chad. I'm, I'm struggling with my voice today, so I'm going to lean a little bit extra on Chad here and there. But uh, you can meet him in person live. Coming up at the Wealth Building Retirement Planning Seminars, there's two of them this Saturday in San Jose, 88 South 4th Street. I don't, don't like saying the address. I'd rather say the Rotary Center, so that's easier for you to Google and find on your own. But you can sign up for the events at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. And again, one's going to be in the morning, one's going to be in the afternoon. And I think that's either the second to the last seminar or the last seminar of the year. So goes to show you, make sure you uh, max out your 401k So, because the year goes by fast. Looking at the calendar and, yeah, Halloween obviously landed, but when will the Christmas decorations be pulled out, right? One of the people in media that I like that I do want to push towards you um, I, I like the website like Nerd Wallet and Bankrate, and there's a, a good financial writer. Who do, I like some conservativeness to the writing, you know, uh, not like politically conservative, fiscally, so to speak. But uh, her name's Liz Weston, so I think she does a nice job of like here are the six biggest mistakes you can make. I'm okay with lists like that. If they motivate you and stimulate you. That's good. Anyway, big event coming up this Saturday. Uh, I gotta take a day off to rest my voice. Wealth Building Retirement Planning Seminars in San Jose. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code Radio Twenty Five to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW Radio app or KDOW Biz. Welcome back in Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. It's Seminar Week coming up at the end of the week. Saturday, a rare Saturday event for CFP Chad Burton and myself, but um, we're going to be doing two events. It's way too long-winded to explain. One's for investing in beyond your 401k while you're on the younger side. The other one in the afternoon is retirement income tax planning. A lot of information, a lot of content. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Joining me now. Well, I always like saying that. Joining me now. My next guest needs no introduction. CFP Chad Burton, how are you, Chad? Well, I hope I sound a little better than you. I'm, I'm sorry about your energy today. I hope you're better. It's, not the, it's like the voice. The, yeah, I know, right? So I think it's uh, time to take a day off and do some uh, warm drinks or something like that. So yeah. I'm going to let you carry this segment. Big event coming up on Saturday. What are you most looking forward to at this point? Well, I, I've got to do some random topics to go over with you today just because I was looking at what I'm going to talk about the next two days on the 6 a.m. show. But, uh, you know, one of is is that we've been seeing this slight rotation from growth or momentum stocks back over to value-oriented stock funds. Um, okay. it, it, this is a situation where growth investing really for the last decade has outperformed value investing. And I explained a lot on the show last week on, on really what that is. Um, there's only been, like, in the last decade, like two years where value outperformed growth. And so that's a that's a big spread, right? And it's kind of more explainable on small cap value. I mean, if you look at a small cap value fund versus a small cap growth fund, small cap growth looks expensive, or small cap value looks really cheap. And it's because it's a little more explainable on small cap value when interest rates are decreasing on the ten year treasury, 
Um, that's a headwind to small cap value funds. And when manufacturing is decreasing, like the ISM manufacturing index, that's a headwind. And that, that's been because of the trade issues. So I think when interest rates stop decreasing and the trade war is over, small cap value is going to really rally. It's got a lot of industrial weighting, financial weighting in those small cap value funds. But the large cap value one could be kind of a flaw in how ETFs, Rob, are investing in value companies, what is perceived as value, because a lot of them have a very low tech exposure. And there's an interesting article if people are looking at you know growth versus value that Forbes has has done a couple of series on that price to book is used by a lot of these ETFs or index funds that look at, say, the Russell and go into the value. And price to book kind of might be a little flawed when it comes to tech investing. So if somebody's going to go, I want to switch over to value, they might be almost too low in technology. So that's one of the things that I wanted to point out. And it does also make sense that growth has outperformed value in a time where we've gone through massive stimulus. Yeah. We're still at historically low interest rates, and the Feds are going to lower more, and that tends to be good for growth anyway. So that's that's kind of one of the topics that I was looking at today. Um, and you also, another you also one, sent over an, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you, you sent over an article uh, regarding self-employed retirement savings statistics from a guy named Christopher Robbins, and long story short, uh, a lot of the numbers in it were Kind of, uh, I want to say myths. Is that uh, fair? Even though it's kind of a, a, a kind of a vague one to look into it that way. But uh, what do we need to know about that? Um, yeah, it's basically that when they did a study, you know, there's articles every day on different studies, and they tend to be like 2,500 people that they study, and then all of a sudden they make a wide blanket statement on the entire United States of America. But this study showed that less than 30% of self-employed people in multi-person firms, so in other words, you're a contractor kind of working for somebody else beginning to 1099, or 13% of people that are simply self-employed single-person firms, only 13% of those people are participating in some sort of a retirement plan. Um, and that's somewhat scary, but also somewhat explainable, because Number one, a lot of people go into the world of self-employment, and they think in terms of sales, like how much sales can I, how much revenue can I create with my business? And they really don't have a clue on how a profit and loss statement works. That oh yeah, you have all these expenses, and then you have what your net income is. And when you go self-employed, I love it when people do it, but they have to do it with a plan because you got to make about thirty percent more than when you're working for somebody in order to just break even because you're paying both halves of FICA now as a self-employed person. You don't have any benefits. You have to buy them all on your own. And so you have to go with a clear plan. And there's like there's cycles to people that go self-employed. The first cycle is, I just got to get this up and running. I'm bootstrapping. I'm barely making ends meet. And then they get to a point where the income is coming in. They start to either pay down debt or still look at their businesses as, hey, this is the fastest growing asset I'm investing in. It's growing faster than the stock market, so I'm going to continue to invest and grow my business, and then they eventually pay off some debt and get to the point of income where they're, you know, feel successful, and they start doing major catch-up in things like individual 401k plans, defined benefit plans. So it's kind of a cycle for the self-employed versus if you go to work for somebody right out of college, you're saving, you know, 10% of pay, you're getting a match from your employer, 4 to 6% and you're off and running. But self-employed is a whole different ballgame, a whole different style of planning. And, Rob, another reason, too, for self-employed people 
that might be qualifying for this 20% new corporate deduction on your net income, a lot of people are looking at it saying, okay, for every dollar that I put into a profit sharing plan or a SEP contribution, that dollar isn't going to give me that 20% deduction. So I might get a federal tax deduction, but I might lose a 20% deduction on the corporate side. So part of it could be also how complicated this new tax package is, especially when it comes to self-employed that are qualifying for that uh, new deduction. All good stuff, and people can learn more about you at newfocusfinancial.com, and they can also look at the seminars coming up this weekend in San Jose. You can sign up using the code RADIO25. Get um, more information at newfocusfinancial.com. Now, Chad, one thing that sometimes you don't have to save a lot of money. Sometimes you don't have to invest a lot of money. Sometimes you don't have to earn a lot of money. But money's kind of interesting at that level. But the financial missteps people make, um, the, the, the big regrets that they have, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I know there was crazy because there's a lot of great articles that came out towards last week, end of last week, and then over the weekend. And one of them is Joyce Blay did this article on a survey essentially where Americans seem to regret spending on just about everything. Well, just about everything. So it's kind of sad. It's that buyer's remorse, I guess. But um, when the survey on the biggest financial regret was taking on credit card debt, 59% of the people had answered that, not saving enough, 47% of the people, overspending on non-essentials, that's 34%. I think that's going to continue because a lot of the problem, Rob, has been eating out. You know, For a lot of Americans, they overspend on eating out. And now with Postmates and Uber Eats and all that kind of stuff, it's so easy to go way over budget. Last week, I think we did Postmates three times, just being busy, right? And, that's, and it was ridiculous, too much money. Um, and then not paying off as much debt, wishing they would invest more. That was like 14%. I've seen a lot of uh, regretted purchases on second homes in my career where, you know, they'll just like, oh, real estate's such a great investment, and so I'm going to go ahead and get this purchase, the second home where I like to go. They find they don't go as much. They find it's a negative cash flow item between property taxes and maintenance and insurance. Um, so unless... You know, you you really have a ton of assets, way more than you need for retirement, or unless you're going to, you know, rent out and create some positive cash flow from that second home, a lot of times people end up regretting it. They they really do, more than they enjoy it. So, very, very careful. Another one lately is if people really analyze the actual cash flow on rental properties, they would stop buying some right now. And this is really important to go a detailed analysis on each of your properties. If you're trying to get towards retirement and you're low on liquid assets but high on rental properties, analyzing each property, knowing which one to target to sell to create more liquidity in your life is, is pretty important. Um, and stop buying cash flow properties that are cash flowing at like 2%. It just blows my mind people are doing that right now. Yeah, and uh, some people love doing it, which is the fantastic part about the Bay Area. They're like they're happy doing it, and like you try to explain the math, and they they get a little tempered with you, so to speak. Um, let's talk about clients, and you know what you see as far as mistakes that people make that you kind of want to help other people steer clear from. Uh, well, some of it is just too good to be true. Um, that's that's one that somebody will you'll find out about a, an investment or something that somebody did after the fact and it's because the sales pitch was really good and they're promising ridiculous returns 
but it sounds too good to be true. It probably is. Somebody that's really on your side, that's acting as a fiduciary and helping you get towards retirement is going to temper your expectations. They're going to they're gonna make sure you're calmer when the markets are crazy and talk to you about history and, and that, yeah, I mean, we go through recessions, we go through corrections, but it comes back. Or when somebody is trying to say, oh, this is a you know 8 to 12% rate of return using guarantees and stuff like that, that's when you know you should be telling that person to take a hike. Um, so a lot of it just has to do with going outside what has worked before to and, and believing the sales pitch. You've got to be careful of believing the sales pitch. I like the phrase that you just used, tell a guy to take a hike. It sounds very 1950s of you all. Um, <laughs> I digress. Tell and swell. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of where I was going with that. And I actually like it. It's good. It's endearing. Anyway, you can find uh, CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. While you're there, there's a lot of good resources. There's also a place where you can sign up for the event coming up in San Jose. Uh, this Saturday, it's going to be two events, two good events. Uh, learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. A lot of people talk about a potential. They're talking about the Peloton IPO coming and the WeWork IPO coming. I know that's a thing right now. And one of the things that you can do is if you ever have an urge to invest in an IPO, read the prospectus, read the... Um, the information that companies will have to give you legally in that process. For instance, if you read the Peloton papers on their filing for IPO, you'll see that they've got like a music publisher issue that Taylor Tay Tay <laughs> wants a little more do re mi. Oh, Tay Tay. Don't you love it when a celebrity tries to patent something like their, their pet name, Tay Tay? Funny. Kind of uh, keeping our courts all clogged up. But uh, Peloton's IPO has very little interest for me. So learn. Because everyone's like, well, maybe they become the apple of workout equipment. Um, and maybe they don't. So very expensive stuff. And one thing I know about Americans is if you look back from through the years and how many products have been sold to us in infomercials about flattening our bellies, uh, a lot of exercise trends do not stick around for long. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's situations that I can't explain, and you have to you know brace yourself for them as investors. But like OxyContin, uh, there's a company publicly traded, Purdue Pharma. And they filed for bankruptcy to wipe out 2,000 lawsuits. Um, it's just like the... I keep wanting to say missile strikes, but that's wrong. The drone strikes or drone missiles, maybe drone suicide bombers. Um, I've heard all sorts on this uh, story, but um, the speed of the Saudi oil recovery is once again showing you how strong they are. But um, it, it stinks when a company like an OxyContin gets into a pharmaceutical lawsuit uh, because the numbers are so big. And, uh, as an investor, there's not a lot left standing. So the Peloton IPO, when you read the filings, when you read it, okay, this is what I would say. I can look at a financial statement of someone like a Philip Morris and give it an ABC. Or you should be able to look at financial statements and kind of grade a company on on strength. Like, do they have cash? Do they have debt? What's their debt to equity? Um, 
some companies just won't make the cut, and some people just won't ultimately see it. Apple is reporting strong orders for their iPhone 11. iPhone 11. These kind of stories you got to take a, with a little grain of salt more often than not. But when you actually read who the analyst inside of it is, it's Min Chu Ko. Uh, she's the Apple leading analyst, and she's saying China's doing some pretty good demand for the iPhone 11. Um, I don't know. So I think you own Apple at this point in time as a big brand company and not necessarily as a um, growth. <laughs> Is that fair to say? The iPhone 11? So, and... Uh, they're, they're basically a camera company is what the Wall Street is trying to uh, pin them into. Crude oil spikes, and as crude oil spikes um, the most in history, when you see a headline like that, oil spikes hit every part of our economy. Um, I was reading a report this weekend about how grocery stores would run out of food in the United States if truckers went on strike for just three days. So... Think about the price of oil and the price of trucking, and you start seeing stories in almost every little thing, right? Um, and you can ultimately um, start tying together the, the stories inside your investment policy, which is kind of an interesting thing to bring up because I was just talking to a company that had an investment policy committee of 10, and what's pretty cool about it is they were thinking long-term enough that the IPC... Um, can get bullied. Have you ever been with a group of like three or four people at lunch? And they're like, well, what's stock are you buying? And someone's like Google or XYZ. And that one's, and they, you get attacked on it. So if you're a company managing other people's money, you have to have kind of a independent voice in the direction of the company's investment policy. I was, I was kind of fascinated because one of the things they do is they, 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 you know, ultimately implement that in silent votes. So, some people would like the New York approach where you scream, you know, this is why I'm right. Some people want the silent vote approach. So the Dow falls 150 points on fears of spiking oil. Now, if everything calms down, oil will come back down. If that's where you start getting that geopolitical risk. And there is no way to analyze that in something that I'm comfortable with, like going, oh, yeah, this, this person's the best. I wish it worked like that. Uh, but geopolitical risk, I mean, the risk in the markets like currency risks, inflation risks, headline media risks. A CEO loses his mind, gets on Bell Tower, threatens to turn uh, the Muppets into a network TV show kind of thing. Uh, there's different types of risks, and you have to like, feel comfortable. There's market timing risk. Um, everything with blue skies on 9-10. You know, everything was cruising right along, so... And then geopolitical event happens. I'd say Russia, but I'll keep my politics really quiet right now. So wealth building and retirement planning seminar this weekend, Saturday, Saturday, September 21 at the Rotary Summit Center. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Use code radio 25, Rob Black Show. Investing beyond the 401k. We get a lot of requests, Chad and I do, to talk about things. Uh, I've maxed out my money. My kids are in college. Uh, now that I've maxed up my 401k, what's the next step? And some of these things Chad loves talking about because they're certainly financial planning, you know, nerd stuff, like the backdoor Roth. But it was actually kind of sweet. So one of my listeners sent me a kind email the other day talking about my craziness and tying all together in investment. Very kind words. Um, 
but you can really kind of, you know, I have no interest in talking Mega Roth for one guys. Anyway, um, you can learn more about the events at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 when you're there to sign up for the events. Wave the fee, but again, listen to the commercials a lot there right now, as well as newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.